0: this morning we're gonna get knowledge as to how to get free from fear 2nd Timothy chapter 1 and you knew this is where I was probably going to go since we're gonna talk about fear today but in 2nd Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 the Apostle Paul is writing to a young man to a pastor he pastors the church in Ephesus First and second, Timothy and Titus are what is known to us as pastoral epistles. They are written to an individual and not necessarily to a church or to a group of people. And Timothy is somewhat discouraged and distressed. And so the Apostle Paul is writing to him. And he's writing for the purpose of encouraging this young man. And here's what he says to him, and thank you so much, Tanya. Here's what he says to him. He says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, I want you to notice again what he said at the beginning of that passage of Scripture. He says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Now, when he talks about a spirit of fear, he's talking about an unhealthy fear that puts people in bondage. Now, there is such thing as a healthy fear. I think we all understand that. When we talk about healthy fear, a healthy fear would be our fear of God. Because the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, it says, Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul in other words he says to us don't fear man another scripture in the Bible tells us that the fear of man is a snare or a trap but he says do not fear those who kill kill the body but cannot kill the soul but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell And when we talk about a fear of God, it's it's not that we're afraid of God. It's that we respect Him. That we reverence Him. We understand that He is a powerful God. We understand what He is capable of doing. And so we fear Him. Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 9 and 10 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So that if you are wise here this morning, if you're a wise follower of Christ, your wisdom began the day that you made God the priority of your life. The day that you placed him first and foremost in your life, that's that's where wisdom began for you. Because he says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So... Fearing God is a healthy fear. But not only that, there are other fears that are healthy. Healthy fear is protective. Uh, for, for example, an electrician, even though he may work with electricity on a daily basis, he still fears electricity. Doesn't mean that he's afraid of it, but he respects it because he understands what that electricity has the power to do that it could cost you your life if you disrespect it and so there are some fears that are protective that are ingrained within us that are good fears that protect us fears that are not perpetual fears but more like circumstantial fear matter of fact I I was a little bit surprised this week when I did some research about unhealthy fear and 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 recognized that there are now thousands of different phobias That people seem to struggle with That people seem to be in bondage to Uh, Some of the most common fears You know what arachnophobia is It's a fear of spiders Now I'm just going to tell you right now And I've told you this before If you want to hear me scream like a girl Just let there be a spider on me I don't like spiders I just don't it's just one of those creatures they can be on me and me not know they're on me and, and I can walk through a spider web even and not even have a spider on me and freak out because I think there was a spider in that web arachnophobia uh, there, there are other different kinds of fears and phobias try uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm pronouncing this right, trypanophobia, which is a fear of needles. Anybody got to have a fear of needles when you go to the doctor, you know, and you tell them I'm allergic to needles, but really you're not, you're not allergic to them. You're, you're afraid of needles. There's hemophobia, which is a fear of blood. Some people freak out at the sight of blood. There's astrophobia, which is a fear of thunder and lightning. Some of you have told me your dog has that, uh, astrophobia. Uh, there's uh, aerophobia, a fear of flying. There's uh, claustrophobia. That's a common fear that a lot of people have, a fear of small or enclosed uh, spaces. There's uh, aphidophobia, a which is a fear of snakes. Anybody have a fear of snakes? I don't fear snakes nearly as much as I do a spider. I can see a snake coming, and I can prepare for it, and and, and I can I can kill that snake. There's acrophobia, which is a fear of heights. Uh, I used to have a fear of heights and I decided I'm going to confront that fear so I jumped out of an airplane at 14,000 feet and uh, kind of confronted that fear in my life get this, here's, here's another fear that's a very legitimate fear that a lot of people struggle with, it's called gerontophobia and you know what that is? It's the fear of getting older it's the fear of aging and a lot of senior adults battle with depression because of this fear in their life, there's glossophobia, which is a fear of public speaking, that causes somebody to break out in a cold sweat and feel all kind of anxiety. And believe it or not, I grew up with glossophobia. I grew up with a fear of public speaking. And even today, I, even even today, before I get up in this pulpit on Sunday mornings when I'm praying, I'm praying, God, I need your grace today. I need you to help me today because it can be such a fear that it overcomes us and causes us to be taken into bondage those are just some of the more common fears but I thought I would share with you this morning some uncommon strange fears that people have all of these are different kinds of phobias there's androphobia do you know what androphobia is ladies you should know this it's a fear of men androphobia there's arithmophobia. Do you know what arithmophobia is? It's a fear of numbers. Yeah. Some people have a fear of numbers. There is bibliophobia. You know what that is? That's a fear of books. Fear of books. There's there, Here, get this one. There's cacophobia. You know what that is? It's a fear of ugliness. <laughs> Just saying. It's what it is. There, there is cult. cult Coolrophobia, which is a fear of clowns. Some of you have shared that you have a a fear of clowns. There's now get this one, and no no offense over here, but there's amphibiophobia, which is a fear of teenagers. I think a lot of parents have that. Uh, There's some single folks maybe that struggle with this one. Gamophobia, a fear of marriage. And some of you say, "No, I'm married, and I have that fear, fear of marriage." there's gynophobia guys that's a a fear of women yeah a fear of women and then there's necrophobia which that is probably the most common fear that people have which is a fear of death and really a lot of our other fears are rooted in a fear of death when people say well I have a fear of spiders or I have a fear of snakes you know really it's not a fear of spiders and snakes you're afraid that spider or that snakes gonna bite you and you're gonna die and so you have a fear of death it's like a fear of heights no you're afraid you're gonna fall and die so it's rooted in a fear of death here's a few others octophobia it's the fear of the figure eight can you get that (laughs) fear of the figure eight there's ombrophobia and I feel sorry for those of you who have this it's a fear of rain you've had a lot of fear this year Uh, there's get this phobophobia which is a fear of phobias and then there's there's podophobia which is a fear of feet I wonder what those folks do every time they look down and see their their feet and I, i'm not i'm not making fun of fears this morning there's somniophobia which is a fear of sleep I feel sorry for those that have that and uh and there is also venustrophobia get this which is not just a fear of women it's a fear of beautiful women wow and then for a couple of us this morning or for us here in, in in church this morning there's neophobia this this really That plagues a lot of churches, neophobia, a fear of change. A lot of of churches struggle with that. And then I was really discouraged to hear this one, homophobia. And you know what that is? A fear of sermons. Can you believe that there is actually a fear of sermons? Well, those that have that fear are probably not here this morning, so. Notice... Paul says to this young man, Timothy, he says, Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear. And he was talking about some of those unhealthy fears, those unhealthy phobias that lead us to and even keep us in bondage. And and so Paul, in trying to encourage this young pastor, he says to him, here's what he says. He says, therefore, Timothy, he said, I remind you Now, now what he's going to do in these next few passages of scriptures, he's going to tell us what it was that was causing fear in Timothy's life. And he says that one of those things that was causing fear in Timothy's life was that he had forgotten some things. One, he had forgotten who God was. Two, he had forgotten who he was. And then three, he had forgotten where he had come from. And Paul reminds him... In this passage, he reminds him of who his God is, he reminds him of who he is, and he reminds him of his heritage because he says, Listen, this faith that you've got, this faith has been handed down to you from your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And so he says, Therefore, I remind you. And the reason he's reminding him is so that he might stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now, I'm gonna show you here in just a moment where the default reaction to fear is to hide and, and that's what Timothy was doing he was hiding himself and he had hidden his gifts his talents his ability the calling that God had placed upon his life Because of his fear and so Paul said for God has not given us a spirit of fear But of power and of love and of a sound mind and then he says this he says therefore do not be ashamed He tells us another reason for his fear He said do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor of me his prisoner Now Paul is not just saying here that I am a prisoner of the Lord he was literally a prisoner he was writing this letter from jail. And he was locked up because of the gospel that he was preaching. And because he would, he, would, he would not stop preaching the gospel. He would not stop preaching truth. And so he wound up in jail. He wound up in prison. And he tells Timothy, now don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. In other words, another reason why Timothy was full of fear is because he had seen what was happening to the Apostle Paul as a result of Paul preaching the gospel and he thought well if I step into my calling use my gifts talents and abilities that God has given me to accomplish that then I may suffer like Paul suffered and I may end up in prison the way that Paul ended up in prison and he became in bondage as a result of that fear in his life not using the gifts talents and abilities that God had given him and not fulfilling the call of God Upon his life I'm telling you the default setting for fear is to hide you go back to Genesis chapter 3 when Adam and Eve had sinned and disobeyed God and the Bible said that God came looking for them in the garden in the cool of the day and when he confronted them what was it that Adam said he said we hid ourselves because we were afraid and then you look at Saul. When God called Saul to be king over Israel, where was Saul? He was hiding in the baggage out of fear. And I'm going to tell you why they were hiding here in just a moment. You look at Gideon. When God found and when God called Gideon, he was hiding in a wine press. And evidently, God saw something in Gideon that Gideon did not see in himself because when God spoke to him, he said to him, You mighty man Of valor he was a mighty man of valor God knew he had potential to do great things God knew that he had potential to be a great leader but he's cowering and hiding because of his fear another good example would be in Matthew chapter 25 you remember when the master is leaving his servants and he gives to one of his servants five talents he gives to another of his servants two talents and then he gives to another of his servants one talent And then he comes back to hold them accountable for them to give some kind of a report as to what they've done with the talents that's been given to them. And when he got to the last one, the one who had the one talent, notice what happened. It says, then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed now I want you to notice what his perspective of the master is there it's totally false he has a false perspective he's living a lie about who the master is and because of his inaccurate view of the master notice what happens he said I was afraid and I went and did what I hid your talent in the ground look there you have what is yours now let me tell you what causes people to hide in fear people hide in fear first of all when they have an inadequate or an inaccurate view of who God is that's the main reason Adam and Eve were hiding. They thought that God was coming to wipe them off the face of the earth. They thought that God was coming to kill them and to punish them because of their sin. Were there consequences to their sin? Absolutely. There were consequences to their sin. God told them, "The day you eat of this fruit, you shall die." They did not die a spirit or they did not die a physical death at that moment, but they did die a spiritual death and later they would die a physical death as a result of, their con- of the consequences of their disobedience but I want you to notice here's where they are in the garden they hear God coming in the cool of the day and they're thinking oh no here he comes he's going to judge us he's going to condemn us he is going to wipe us off the face of the earth but what they did not know is that God was coming with a plan to redeem them hallelujah and that God was saying that the seed of woman man is going to crush the head of the serpent God wanted them to know I'm not against you I am for you I'm not looking for a way to take you into bondage I'm providing a way that you can come out of your bondage it was the same way with Gideon he had an inadequate view of God because when God called him the first thing that Gideon said was God why have you allowed all of this to happen to our people God this is your fault that these Midianites." Continue to harass us. It's your fault that we are in bondage. It's your fault that we are in captivity He had an inadequate view of God, but not only did he have an inadequate view of God He had an inadequate and an inaccurate view of himself He didn't think he was good enough to do what it was that God was calling him to do And in his fear he was hiding from God and that's exactly what's going on with this young pastor Timothy Here in 2 Timothy chapter 1, he's living his life in fear, one, because he has forgotten who God is. He has lost his focus on God, and not only has he lost his focus on God, he has an inadequate and an inaccurate view of himself. He doesn't think that he's capable of doing what it is that God has called him to do. Now, let me tell you what that kind of fear will do. That kind of fear will affect you spiritually, that kind of fear will affect you emotionally, and that kind of fear will affect you physically. And let me show you how it affected Timothy physically. Because in 1 Timothy chapter 5, and you may not have ever looked at it this way, but this is the way that I've seen this passage of Scripture. Paul says to Timothy, he said, don't drink only water. You ought to drink a little wine for the sake of your stomach because you are sick so often. He wasn't sick as a result, or he wasn't worrying because he was sick. He was sick Because he was fearful he was sick because he was living his life in fear. And he allowed what happened to the apostle Tim Paul, he allowed that to intimidate him. And he's living with a timid spirit. But Paul the apostle comes along just the same reason why I believe the Lord has brought me here this morning to speak to you. is because God wants to encourage you and to let you know you don't have to stay in bondage to your fear. Whatever that fear is, you don't have to stay in bondage to your fears. But I can tell you today that your fear is rooted and grounded in an inadequate and an inaccurate view of who God is and an inadequate and accurate view of who you are. And so that's why the Apostle Paul speaks to Timothy about how to overcome fear And and really, it's a, a very simple solution that he gives him. He says this. He said, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And I think we need to be reminded this morning of the power of God. I think we need to be reminded this morning of the love of God because when we understand the power of God and we have a working knowledge of the love of God, it's going to give us a stand mind that can stay firm no matter what it is that we come up against in our lives. And so let's look at this first thing that he talks about. First of all, he says you overcome fear with power. Now listen, not your power but the power of God the power of God listen to what Paul said down in verse 12 of this same chapter 2nd Timothy chapter 1 he said for this reason I also suffer these things now you've got to understand Paul encountered some really scary things in his ministry some really scary things in his life there were opportunities for him to be taken into bondage as a result of fear. Now, now listen, I believe that every one of us in this room here today are going to encounter fear. We're going we're to sense that emotion of fear. But it's our choice whether or not we give in to the fear. Amen? It's our, it's our choice whether we're going to give in to the fear or whether we're going to overcome th- that fear. And so Paul says, for this reason, he said, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. He said, for I know whom I have believed. I know the one that I believe in. I have a knowledge of the one that I believe in. And notice he said, and I am persuaded that he is Able. Oh, that's where you've got to start when you are dealing with fear and overcoming fear in your life. You've got to understand this morning that God is able to do the impossible in your life because when you face impossible circumstances, you begin to think. Think, man, this is going to get the best of me. Fear overtakes you. But if you know who your God is, if you know how powerful your God is, you know that God is able to do even the impossible. Listen to what he tells us in Luke 24 and 49. He said, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high did you know that as a believer and a follower of the lord jesus christ god has deposited his power within you god has deposited his power on the inside of you and that's why paul in ephesians 1 remember reminds the church at ephesus he said i pray this is my prayer that i pray for you he said i pray that your hearts will be flooded with light So that you can understand the wonderful future that God has promised to those that he's called. Oh, you need to know this morning, God has already seen your future. And your future is so much better than your past. Hallelujah. You don't need to fear the future as a child of God. You don't need to fear the future as a follower of Jesus Christ. Because he wants you to know that he has got a future for you that's full of hope and a future for you. That's full of purpose and a future for you that is full of the calling of God on your life and he said this he said I want you to just be able to see what a wonderful future he has promised to those that he's called I want you to realize here's what Paul is saying man he's praying for these folks I want you to realize what a rich and glorious inheritance he has given to his people. I pray that you will begin to understand the incredible greatness of his power for us who believe in Him. Listen to me. No matter what your situation this morning, no matter what your circumstance, God's incredible mighty power is available to you today. There's no need to fear. And then he goes on and he says, this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realm. Somebody this morning, you need to be reminded that resurrection power resurrection power lives on the inside of you oh hallelujah Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 he said now to him who is able see Paul understood that God is able he said he was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to what according to the power that works where in us through us we need to be reminded this morning of the power of God Paul in Philippians 4 13 He said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me first John chapter 4 verse 4 You are of God little children and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world If you have a fear problem this morning, you just need to be reminded of the power of God that is available to you that there is nothing too hard for our God somebody ought to praise him and thank him for that hallelujah amen the psalmist tells us this in Psalm 27 1 one of my favorite passages of Scripture the Lord is my light and my salvation Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the what? The strength, the power of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I'm telling you, when you are full of the power of God, you fear no man. You may fear God, but you fear no man. And that's why the disciples in the book of Acts, that once they were endued with power from on high and their lives were being threatened, if they did not stop preaching the gospel, they prayed and after they had prayed, the Bible said the Holy Ghost shook that place And they went out and they preached the word of God with boldness Because of the power of the Holy Spirit Listen, you can overcome anything with the power of God You can face and overcome anything with the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ How many of you really believe that this morning? I mean, how many of you really believe in the power of God today? Hallelujah We don't just need to be reminded of His power. We also need to be reminded of His love. His love. I'm absolutely convinced that people have such an inadequate and inaccurate view of the love of God. Notice, Paul said this in Ephesians 3. He said, I pray. He was always praying for that church. Just like we're always praying for this church. He said, I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust him. And here's, he said, here's something else I pray. He said, I pray that your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. Why? Because a, an understanding of God's love, when it goes down deep, the roots go down deep. That means you can withstand storms. That that means that you can withstand those things that that are somehow trying to open the door to fear in your life. He said, may your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And look at this, and may you have the power to understand, because I'm going to just tell you right now, it's hard to comprehend and to fully understand the love of God. And he said, I want you to have the power to understand as well as God's people should how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love really is. And he said, but I don't want you just to understand his love. He said, I also want you to experience the love of Christ because the best way to understand his love is to experience his love. Hallelujah. How many here this morning have experienced the love of God in this place? You can't describe it you can't understand it you definitely don't feel deserving of it but he said I want you to experience the love of Christ and then he threw this in because this feels just like me though it's so great you will never fully understand the love of God first John chapter 4 verses 16 through 18 listen to what John said he said we know how much God loves us Oh, that can get you through anything that you're going through in life today if you will just understand how much God loves you and then he says and we have put our trust in him God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them and as we live in God our love grows more perfect Notice, the more that we are connected to God, the more that we walk with God, the more that we get to know God, the more that we remain in God, the more perfect our love for others becomes. And then he said, so we will not be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid no matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm going through. I'm not going to be afraid because I know God loves me. And there's nothing that I can face. Listen to me this morning. There is nothing that I will ever face in life. There was nothing that I will ever go through in life that will ever cause me to doubt the love of God I've been through some difficulties I've been through some tragic situations I've been through some challenging times but never will I ever doubt the love of God why because my Bible tells me nothing can separate me from God's love no matter how high or low no matter how powerful it may be nothing can separate me from God's love oh somebody give a good thanks for the love of God this morning hallelujah I know the enemy wants us to doubt the love of God but I refuse to go there I refuse to open that door to the enemy he said so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment you see that young man who took that talent that God gave him and he didn't do anything with it the reason why he didn't do anything with it is because he knew and had a false perception of who the master was, that he's a hard man. He's gonna condemn, he's gonna come and judge me. But notice what he said. He said, If you understand, as a child of God, as a follower of Jesus Christ, one who is in covenant with him, you don't need to fear God at the day of judgment, because your case has already been settled out of court he said so I'm not gonna be afraid on the day of judgment but we can face him with confidence because we are like Christ here in this world love now think about it for just a moment think about that person in your life that you love more than anybody else what does that love motivate and drive you to do you want to protect that person that's why if you see your child about to dart out in front of a car you will put your life on the line because greater love hath no man than this than he would lay down his life for his friends that's what perfect love does perfect love overcomes fear perfect love you'll put your life on the line for those people that you love and that's exactly what Jesus did for us and I used to read this passage of Scripture And and, and get a little bit confused because verse 18, he said, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. And I used to read this and I used to get a little bit discouraged because I would think, but I'm, I'm imperfect. And because I'm an imperfect human being, my love is imperfect, but it's not talking about my love. We're talking about the love of God. And how that God's love is perfect towards us. And when you understand how much God loves you, you don't fear God. You don't fear God. And you now know I can come to him with anything in confidence and with confidence because I know he loves me. And I know he's for me and not against me. He said, if we're afraid, he said, it's because of fear of judgment. And this shows that his love has not been perfected in us. It just simply means we don't have The understanding and knowledge of God's love and we haven't experienced God's love the way we need to if we think that God is just coming to wipe us all off the face of the earth. That he's against us. No, he's not. Listen, his love is perfect. And you can come to him with confidence knowing that he's not going to push you away. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter who you are, he's not going to push you away. He's going to accept you with loving arms and here's the last thing that he tells us that we can do to overcome our fear not just be reminded of God's power and love but he talks about the power of a sound mind and when he talks about a sound mind he's talking about a disciplined mind he's talking about a mind get this he's talking about a mind that doesn't freak out when something wrong happens or when something Challenging, or we're faced with some kind of an obstacle in our life, we don't freak out. Oh my God, what am I going to do? How are we going to get through this? Panic, oh Lord. Ah! No, that's not how a sound mind, a person who understands the power of God and the love of God responds. We respond rationally with a sound, disciplined mind because we know in whom we have believed that's what paul said right here he said i know whom i have believed and i am persuaded that he is able that that's what a sound mind is a sound mind is a persuaded mind that my god can do anything hallelujah God can do and I'm persuaded it's a it's a it's a persuaded mind and and then Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 tells us this about a about a a, a settled mind it says that you will keep God you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you whose thoughts are fixed on you a disciplined mind is the mind of Of Christ a disciplined mind is a mind that has been renewed and transformed by the Word of God a disciplined mind is a mind that has exchanged the lies of the enemy for the truth of God's Word that's what a disciplined mind is a disciplined mind is a mind whose thoughts are continually fixed on you Unhealthy fear is fatalistic. It thinks the worst. Healthy fear thinks best because I serve a God of power. I serve a God who can do anything. I'm not going to be fatalistic and pessimistic about this. I'm going to be optimistic and I'm going to be positive because I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able and then i love what the psalmist said in psalm 16 and 8 i have set the lord always before me he's talking about my thoughts are continually fixed upon him because he is at my right hand check this out i shall not be moved well thank you for joining us today we'd love to have you as our guest here at Summiton church of god the lord has given us a vision to transform our community and we're going to do that by eliminating the darkness through being light. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And so we're gonna be who Jesus says we are. We worship together every Sunday at 1045, and we would love to have you and your family as our guests.